Everybody, it is time. It is time. It is time. Mm -hmm. We're back, baby. Yes. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Can we ask the question? Hey. Hey. Remember the odds? I sure do. Thomas is here. I am here. I'm Courtney. She's Courtney. <laughs> She's Courtney. She's Courtney. Um. Oh my gosh, we'll have to cover that at some point. Oh, yes. Yes. But we are the podcast where we talk about everything from the 2000s and influenced by the 2000s, from My Chemical Romance to The Umbrella Academy. Ah, okay. Interesting. That was a good I parallel. Just, came up with that now i love that well a lot of cool. aren't a lot of these new like comic shows based on ones from the aughts like invincible i think was an aughts book right that's likely yeah that's likely invincible what else is there obviously the boys, the boys. um yeah. umbrella academy bunch of stuff yeah yeah. Uh, what's my thing? My thing is <laughs> dance, Gavin, dance. Which, that's a whole fucking story of problematic garbage. Just dance, Gavin, dance. Dance, Gavin, Oh, and then dance. the main. The main. Oh, yeah, they had a thing too, didn't they? Yeah. But that was more word of mouth than a documented yeah, issue. dance, Gavin, dance. It's very evident there was a problem. <laughs> right, right. Like the main was more. I heard from this person who knew this person who was sending weird um, text messages to band members when they were much older than the person they were texting. Mm-hmm. That kind of scenario. We also are very well documented about all the garbage Jared Leto has done, and nobody seems to care. Ew, yeah, it's the whole Jesus thing. I mean, there's well-documented stuff and then, like, stuff that we know personally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, But I think even that is emblematic of just being in a place of complete enabling and yeah. thinking that it's okay. Oh, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. Although when you no, look like Jesus, I guess people let you do whatever you want. Although that couldn't save Morbius. It could not save Morbius. We had the Batman, mm -hmm. and then the actual Batman Morbius come out in the same summer, in the same spring. I love that it didn't do well, but no. the memes were so strong. Sony thought they literally thought like, "Oh, this could be they like." They leaned a, into it. Yeah, they leaned into it. They're like, "Oh, this could be like the room. People will go see the movie because of the meme." And right. they misread that so bad. It re-released and only made like $85,000. We're going to talk about another flop today, too. Oh, we are. Yes, yes. we are. And it's a very yes. special one. Yes. And, um, uh, but Morbius is like a special thing. <laughs> Morb. It's Morbin time. It's Morbin time. Well, we've been on a hiatus. Yes. And... It's Morbin time. That's that's why we were on the hiatus. I was preparing for Morbius. Yeah, we we needed to uh, hibernate for Morbius. <laughs> we uh. just we had to get ready for it. Um, but I don't know if you want to go into it. But like we, it, it just you know, uh, over the like time of 
six, seven months. We just had like a lot of life stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Um, different things coming and going. And I think it was sort of just like the first time that you and I both were sort of dealing with different things at the exact same time. So we both just really needed the time to focus on those things and then come back to this when we were ready. No, absolutely. And then we thank you guys and Courtney, thank you. It's been, it's been a few months. Things are a lot better for, I know in my circumstances, things are a lot better. There was just Mm -hmm. a lot of focus and time that needed being worked on the last few months but we're back and we're here and we never intended to abandon it's just life had you know life is complicated sometimes i think also uh you know we started this podcast in the middle of the stay in place order Mm -hmm. and that's a time where you really need to distract yourself with activities so it made sense and although I kind of went back to in-person stuff a lot sooner it seemed like once life had really changed it for me at least I don't know how it felt for you but it it seemed like in the past few months that we've stalled it it felt like oh how are we going to keep this thing going yeah and also kind of come back to real life yeah yeah um you know we're we're back. We're gonna keep this thing going. We never had the intention of canceling it. That's why we never said anything about the hiatus because then it felt like it would be official. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want that. The goal was always to come back, so we wanted to make sure that we come back for our anniversary series. Yes, cover something Shrek related. It it's in the theme of Shrek. But if you yes. thought we were doing Shrek the Third, no, no, you would be wrong. We, we decided to do something a little different. Mm-hmm. And I think it's actually a good idea that we did cover this because in the grand scheme of things, I think this came out before Shrek the Third. I mean, it has to. The continuity but, also in this, I mean, we're going to talk about, but the continuity is all fucked. Yeah, yeah. I, I had an issue with that, too. Um, and I think in the past with episodes, I've tried really hard to stick to a very chronological telling of whatever we're reviewing. Um, I say fuck it for this. Yeah. Because it's weird and displaced and very clunky. Mm-hmm. So we can be too. Um, and yeah, so we're going to release this episode for our anniversary. We wanted to come back for our two-year anniversary. And then we're going to take a little time to plan out the next few episodes. We do have one in the bank right now. Yes. That... We planned on releasing and we'll still release, but, um, you know, don't be surprised if you don't see another few weeks go by without a new episode after this, because we're just taking the time to really plan out what the next few weeks are going to look like. Maybe I'll decide to post some videos of me doing aughts karaoke, because that's a lot of what I've been doing (laughs) in my free time. I love that so much. Oh my god. I love karaoke, and I've been told I don't have the worst voice. (laughs) I love it. See, I feel like I don't have a bad voice, and then I get told to stop singing. Thank you. Thank you. I get uh, very unsure and then i i think it's just a reaction of like i'd wish you'd stop singing all the time but i love that you are 
doing karaoke more often. I love that. Who's telling you to stop singing? Is it Eric? Do I have to have a word with Eric? No, no, it's not Eric. I think it's just very much in the same vein that when I was younger and my dad would just sing around the house, I'd be like, please stop. Ah, uh, I understand. Stop. It's nothing about the quality. It's just about the frequency. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. There is. Yeah. The, I get that. I get that. Yeah. When you, yeah but trust me, you have a great voice. You could sing. I have a voice, but I sing anyway. <laughs> but I love that. I love that you don't care. <laughs> that it, singing is just an activity. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> but I really want to do karaoke with you again. Let's do it. But we'll do it. in terms of singing, I think it's time to say that this today's episode, we are doing mm -hmm. Shrek the Musical. The story you know. The characters you love. The magic you can't resist. You were expecting Prince Charming? Direct from Broadway, Shrek the Musical has critics everywhere falling all over themselves. Ba -ba, da -da. I think this is only the second musical that we've covered. Yeah, the first one was the Evil Dead musical. First one was the Evil Dead musical, which is by far a very superior musical. Yeah, it, and it was never truly on Broadway either. Right. I mean, I definitely stand by some off-Broadway shows being better than some Broadway shows. But in terms of movies or properties that get turned into musicals, what I've seen so far, this one is terrible. And it's it's a bizarre... It's weird. That's the only thing I could say. It's weird. I hated it. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. not a musical person, but you are. But, like, I, I was just dumbfounded by this... So I had to like look up some facts and one fact mm -hmm. that blows my mind, this cost $25 million and was one of the most expensive shows to ever open on Broadway. And it, it didn't, I don't think it broke. I don't think it truly recouped its investment. Mm -hmm. It played for a year because it opened in 2009 mm -hmm. and then it shut down January 3rd, 2010. I think there was a second, I think it came back in 2012. Maybe. I don't remember that. But like I know they released the recording for it on tw in 2013 and then added it to Netflix. They just dropped it there and hoped people would like it. It's a, I guess because they have some sort of deal with DreamWorks. Mm -hmm. That Netflix has a deal with DreamWorks, but I'm not sure what the actual guidelines are for that partnership. Yeah, I don't know either. It's just, this whole musical is fucking bizarre. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of musicals that are based off of movies and different properties. I've seen American Psycho. The musical, The musical. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I think that was still better than this. Mostly because the one thing that American Psycho got right is the aesthetic. Okay. They messed up on a lot of other opportunities. And some might argue that the lead singer is obviously not as talented as Brian Darcy James and Sutton Foster, but that's probably where a large majority of their budget went. Hmm. I wonder. That's fair. So, 
I mean, I can't believe this thing cost twenty five million. That's crazy. Although, like, um, it, it did yeah. win, it did win like awards for its set design and costume, which I will give. Like, there are some really good sets and costumes, even though Shrek looks weird. But like, I yeah, what's your only take? liked Fiona's costumes? Okay, that's fair. Yeah, there's a giant yeah. dragon. Let's talk about the fucking dragon. Let's talk about the dragon. Okay, well, well, first. Actually, you know what? Yeah. So the the dragon, honestly, is is the moment where I figured out my whole thesis on this musical. Mm. Literally leading up to that moment, I was like, I think I'm actually going to like this. I don't think it's that bad. Sutton Foster is just pulling out all the stops to make this as good as anything else she's ever done. Um... And then they have three different women doing the voiceover for the dragon. And I just thought to myself, this is so stupid. So it literally oscillated back and forth like that every five seconds. As soon as I sort of conditioned myself into seeing, thinking that this wasn't that bad, then something completely stupid and pointless would happen. Like Fiona dancing with a bunch of rats. Mm-hmm. A bunch of rat people. Yeah, there. But the three, like. the three blind mice weren't in this. Well, yes, they were. Oh, they were. Yeah, but they were like sexy backup singers. It was gross. Oh my god. I didn't like that. No. It made me very uncomfortable. There's just it to basically put it this out there. If you've seen the movie yeah. Shrek, you understand the plot of the musical. Except the musical takes some weird creative liberties and mm-hmm. does some odd choices. And I know that, like, what's her name? The show. The, I don't want to say showrunner, but the girl, the woman who did the music for this. Um. Music and lyrics. Oh, I'm still on. Uh, Wicked. Hang on. Let me go to Shrek the musical. Uh, Janine Tesori. Yeah, I know she's had, like, apparently a very strong... Like, a lot of people involved in this have had incredible theater careers. Yes, absolutely. But it's just... just I think I have to state this. I was watching someone review this musical and just... just, just Because I was like, I'm not a theater person. I need to get an understanding from a theater perspective. Mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. weird thing, but like even when we talked about the first Shrek movie, one of the things that made Shrek work and like was DreamWorks staple identity was to contrast itself from Disney. Like we are not Disney. We are not doing musicals. And he brought mm-hmm. up a good point that even in the original movie, anytime a character tried to break in the song, it's abruptly like broken. Mm-hmm. Like they mm-hmm. actively make sure to not break out into musical song, and because Shrek is a character, like that's he's anti the Disney formula. Mm-hmm. But this whole musical feels like that. So that's my theory that I think what they should have done is embrace breaking the fourth wall and the anachronisms and the pop culture references. My initial criticism for Shrek the movie was that too many references, 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 like the Matrix thing and other uh, pop culture things that got used way too much when we were kids. This, I feel like, wasn't sure if it should do that or not. 
And any moment where Shrek was critical that somebody started singing or that they were, like, breaking out into a musical or, like, the moments where uh, Fiona is trying to play into what her role is as a princess who is like, capti- uh, held captive in a tower. Yeah. I wish that they did more of that. I wish they went more into him wishing that everybody would stop singing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think they did that enough. And then I think also part of the problem is that they worked so hard to make it very believable that you are in the swamp. But the thing is, Shrek the movie has always been very self-aware that it's sort of like these characters in a movie that are making fun of other movies and other properties. So I really wish that the musical did not take itself so seriously in creating such a complicated fairy tale setting because that kind of misses the point. The set design is so... You could see where a lot of the budget went, but you're right. Mm -hmm. That does take away from like the satirical aspect of Shrek. And it's like, it it, it was hard for me specifically. I was watching this and like, I see a Shrek. I see, I see a Shrek. I see a Shrek. (laughs) I see all the things, but Mm -hmm. it's like, even, you know, it's weird. Like we talked about it because the inevitability of Shrek is you also have to talk about Shrek, the like cultural phenomenon of memedom and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Somehow the memes, even the worst ones, still feel more like true to Shrek than Shrek the musical felt like Shrek. Be- yeah, there's an authenticity that is missing from the musical because they're trying to take themselves so seriously as a musical. But at the same time, when Fiona has that rat dance that I hate so much, it's sort of like she's playing on her experiences in musicals in this uncomfortable, quirky kind of way instead of just letting Sutton Foster do an amazing tap dance. She's making all these dumb, quirky faces. And I thought to myself, I'd rather have the scene with Robin Hood. That's the actual musical scene. Yeah, that was weird. They removed the one scene from the movie that was actually a musical. Yes. And it's such a good scene. It's one of the best scenes. Right. So, so even with her, scene I think it's called like I'm a morning person or something like that um you know I love the scene in the movie when Fiona is singing to the bird to the point that she kills it yes and at first I thought oh haha, they're still gonna do it in the musical that's fantastic and then they keep it going and I'm like please please just be kidnapped by Robin Hood soon just end <laughs> this with Robin Hood and instead I don't know. I think I disassociated at that point because it got to be too much. Yeah. Yeah. It was... Uh, I also didn't like the, the trauma song. Oh, yeah. Okay, I wanted to talk about that. The I've weird, got you beat. Yeah, the weird trauma song. This this musical... The, it, it, I will compliment one thing. There's a song early on when Lord Farquaad is mm-hmm. like browsing for princesses fiona gets an original song to kind of like between her youngest self her teenage self and then her modern self i loved that song that was great yeah i thought that was really a good inclusion because the idea is it's an adaptation you could do more from the original source material that was pretty cool Mm -hmm. but then they like 
amp up this weird bipolar aspect and it's just Ooh, like no i did not like that yeah no, this no, no, weird no. they relied so much on weird mental stigmas and then homophobic stigmas and transphobic stigmas um justice for big bad wolf yeah i i was really caught off guard when two minutes in they make a transvestite joke that say i'm a hot tranny mess and i was like no no the big bad wolf is a gender fluid icon you don't get to belittle big bad wolf's experiences like that or when shrek i i remember i texted you right away shrek calls someone a smug bottom yeah and i'm like we love we love our bottoms we will not accept the bottom shaming here no we love our bottoms here this is a bottom safe place Yes, in this, this podcast coming from a I'm com- coming from a selfish top. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think that there was some joke that Pinocchio made. There was another joke in there that I don't quite remember that wasn't good. And then I think overall when the show made jokes that were from the movie, they never kept the comedic beats to it or the comedic timing i think they thought because people know these jokes already that they shouldn't put more emphasis into them and focus more on their own jokes but the jokes from the movie are what make the movie so fun for so many people yes even if you do think it's stupid now those jokes are hilarious so every time they made a joke from the movie they just sped through it and I oh. think that's where it loses its authenticity. Yeah, they and not only just jokes, but like important character moments, like yeah, like when they like the onion line, like you know the like that is even if you just know Shrek by the memes, you know that Shrek talks about how ogres are like onions. Yeah, and in the movie, it's a well like it's a really well animated and orchestrated scene where they're they're like going through this farm. Clearly mm-hmm. some poor peasant's farm. Shrek just steals all these vegetables and just <laughs> happens to have on hand an onion. And to appease Donkey's annoyance, he's just like, ogres are like onions. But the And the, said in this one. Yeah. He just out of nowhere is like, ogres are like onions. And he pulls out a really fake, shitty looking onion. Yeah, where did he have that onion? Where did the onion come from? And then uh. they sort of run through the joke of you know what also has layers parfaits like what's good about the scene in the movie is uh shrek goes through his monologue about how ogres are like onions we have layers and donkey has a moment of defeat and then you have that time for him to figure out oh i've got a new idea i've thought about this i'm not gonna let you get me down parfaits have layers too they miss that beat they missed the beat. They missed the beat. They missed it. It's... So, yeah. Also, what did you think of I've Got You Beat? Uh, That's another right. trauma song. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, the trauma songs. It's Ugh. weird and it's uncomfortable. It's kind of still on that old idea. And I think this is more of the times, but... It was more on the idea of I had a rougher childhood than you did. Yes. So just the fact that everybody had a rough childhood for one reason or another. Yeah. I hated it in that regard because it was just this weird trauma off. 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's not thoughtful. It's not clever. I also it's, think that there could have been so many other words in a song that could have captured them relating to one another. Because I just couldn't understand how this was the song that was supposed to make it clear to the audience that they're building an attraction for each other. Yeah. That wasn't there at all. You know what scene does that pretty well in the movie? What scene? The Robin Hood scene. The Robin Hood scene! It does it so well. Because he's so surprised that she can kick ass. And they start making the food together. I don't know. I just, um, I think that they missed a lot of different things that actually captured the essence of the story. Um, and we should probably talk a little bit too about the difference between, you have the way book storytelling is told, the way that movies are told, and then what I've seen from movies to Broadway shows is there is always this added background story. I don't know why that is. Personally, I don't need a backstory when it's from a media that I've known so well. Um, They did it to the Frozen musical. They added more backstory. And then for... Moulin Rouge. I think for Moulin Rouge it made a lot of sense because they chose to actually like update a lot of the things that were probably culturally ignorant for the time when the movie came out. Like they updated a lot of that stuff, so that was good. Yeah. Um but as far as this musical goes, there are just a lot of aspects of creating that story that I really didn't need. And same thing for Hades Town. Hades Town um a lot of the criticisms for the off off Broadway run was that Oh, they needed to spell it out for you. You can't just put people into this thing and expect them to know. It's a story about Hades and Persephone and Orpheus and Eurydice. I personally don't need a backstory for that. Fair. Um, but, you know, so that happens with like a varying degree degrees of success. I think this one was terribly unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. Like, trying to set it up for... Oh, I was a child who got kicked out at seven. Like, I didn't need ogre parents. Yeah. Ogre trauma is kind of weird, just in general. I don't really know the confines or the guidelines for ogre trauma. It's, it's, yeah. My bad, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I think in I Know It's Today, it makes sense because it gives you a little bit more of, like, how frustrating and boring that must have been for Fiona which they don't really include that in the movie she just sort of exists in the tower when she needs to appear yeah um but leading up to the I've got you beat song it kind of relies on these things that they created within the musical so not a lot of people have time to um develop a relationship with those elements that they just added for the show yeah that's a good point and yeah like I remember watching this and Obviously, like, I I didn't mind so much them adding a little bit more backstory for Shrek, because I know in mm. the original book, like, that was part of the story. Like, he gets kicked out at an early age. But, but, okay. but, like, imagine this. The reason why one of the most impactful moments of the movie Shrek is it opens with this weird, it opens with, like, this traditional fairy tale story. Right. 
you know, Mike Myers is reading this fairy tale story with the harmony music and the charm. And then mm -hmm. he goes, yeah, right. Rips the page out of the book to wipe his ass. Then the song kicks Somebody in the, and he kicks down the bathroom door and it tells you right away, this is not an old, like you're, this is not a fairy tale you're familiar with. Like it, it just, right. it, it's funny. It's effective. But this musical only tries to replicate that in its aesthetics where like they have this big bathroom that he destroys. Yeah. And I know it's a musical, so they didn't probably want didn't want to license pop music. But like I feel like the pop music is such a staple of Shrek that they couldn't incorporate it in any way, or at least just that song. That's why I think they should have you know, just embrace the anachronistic aspect of Shrek. There are plenty of anachronistic fairy tale or historical things that people love. Like, I kept thinking of A Knight's Tale, and I feel like Shrek the musical was even trying to adopt similar themes to A Knight's Tale. Like, yeah. the way that they kept singing about, like, um, writing with the stars, or what could I do differently if this wasn't my fate. I kept thinking of an in a Knight's Tale, when they say, like, can the stars be rewritten? Um, it should have just been a jukebox musical. Yeah. Why it, it wasn't it that? It would have been so much better. I think it would have worked better if it was a jukebox musical. That just seems to make the most sense, especially since, like, the pop, like the songs are such a staple of the identity of Shrek. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just so bizarre. I had the same exact feeling when I started watching it when he starts going into his childhood and then they show him in the bathroom. I'm immediately preparing myself for all star to start playing, but I still knew that they weren't going to start with that. And then what they decide to do in instead just doesn't hit the same mark. And it feels like they're no. attempting to make something similar to it, which just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Off. Yeah. I, I listened to someone's review because the, the, the their compliments are to certain songs. And I think the mm -hmm. one song that they had a good opinion on was the song towards the end when Shrek opens up and is more vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And their point, and I, I thought about this a lot, and I'm like, this does make more sense. Mm -hmm. To keep it with, because it's a musical, they you know that they want to do the whole musical thing. Mm -hmm. But what if Shrek actively avoided singing until the end where he has totally. to he, yeah that makes more sense right like he doesn't because singing is a vulnerable action mm -hmm. like all the other characters are musical it makes sense there's no objection to fiona donkey lord farquaad all those characters singing or the dragon <laughs> the dragon who now With sings three different voices three different voices but like the whole movie shrek doesn't sing until he has to be vulnerable that makes sense mm -hmm. thematically yeah i agree and that was what was part partially confusing with how much they took the pop culture references or the fourth wall breaking like how seriously they took that because some moments when characters would start singing shrek would roll his eyes and say something like oh not this again oh boy and I liked those moments, but then other times he'd start singing. So which is it? 
Yeah, it his his you can't eye roll at a musical number when you started this with a musical number. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's I you know think... what it reminds me of. Yeah, it mm -hmm. reminded me of because I'm rewatching Community right now. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of the Christmas Glee episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That one, it's only 20 minutes long, but it works so well because the show is very meta and like tries to, you know, it, it both loves and hate television tropes. So it's like joking about it. It's joking about Glee. So the whole episode is the is the study group trying really hard not to get persuaded to do the Glee Club. But I do one, love that episode. But one by one, they each get indoctrinated into the Glee Club. And the way that the songs are written are very satirical and the characters trying to avoid it, not singing. Like I love Annie's Christmas song to Jeff. I love Annie's Christmas song. <laughs> it was so funny, but that like, that's a comp, that's a very meta satirical way to do a musical. Teach me how to understand Christmas. <laughs> boop de doop de doop sex. Sex. Yeah. It's so great. It's a, it's, I love it so much. But it's like that, and it's fun. The songs are fun. Like it's, it makes sense, you know. Because like I'm not, like I said, I'm not. A, it's not that I have anything against musicals, but I've just not had the same indoctrination or you know, in being in the culture as a lot of people. But I could watch that episode and enjoy the musical aspect of it and want to see mm -hmm. more of it. I never at any point watched Shrek the Musical and felt like I wanted more of Shrek the Musical. No, no. Um, I also didn't need the fairy tale creatures singing. They sang a lot. They, they sang a lot, and naturally they were going to sing something about being freaks, which is what it was. It was a song about freaks and being freaks. That had a real Greatest Showman vibe where it's like, well, it's okay if we call ourselves freaks because we're calling ourselves freaks. Yeah, but they're um, also they're talking about being, you know, letting your freak flag fly, but they also are making fun of Lord Farquaad for being a freak, which they did some weird like canon change to Lord Farquaad. Yeah. I didn't need that. No. They made him the son of one of the dwarves. So that's why he's so short. But that also means he's now a fairy tale creature. But also the thing that I don't understand is the actual financial aspect. If Lord Farquaad is a lord, but his father was a minor, how was he a lord? Yeah, how did he become a lord? So that that was completely unnecessary. I think also Christopher Siebert did as much as he could with Lord Farquaad as possible. Yeah, he was fine. Like, he... he yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like, what if this and, and this is just me hypothesizing because i saw yeah. i've seen wicked and oh, you have that, seen wicked i thought you yeah. had i'm sorry no i did i did i saw okay, wicked okay. i took a i took a former really close person to see wicked Got um it. but in that we get a backstory and adaptation to a very popular character what if this musical was just Lord Farquaad's rise to power like doesn't because it, it doesn't that seem like it fits a musical way more I think that Lord Farquaad is a great character for Broadway in the same way that, you know, well into my adulthood, I have still seen Peter Pan on Broadway. And playing Captain Hook just seems like the most fun. Like, if you really enjoy playing a character, a ridiculous character, 
Um, I feel like Lord Farquaad Captain Hook is kind of that ridiculous cartoony villain that would just be so much fun to ham it up and play it out. So I think that I didn't need any of the background story for him because I didn't need it for the movie. No. And if you need to fill up time, just add the Robin Hood scene. The Robin Hood, the literal Robin scene Hood. that's a yes. musical. Yes. And they it's not like snap it's a. their fingers, and you could have done a West Side Story reference. Yeah, and it's not like it's a pop song they'd have to license. It was an original song for the movie. Well, that's my other question, too. Okay, so they reference Wicked in this movie. I mean, in this yeah. movie, in the musical, when Christopher Sieber is singing. You know, he says something like, They won't bring me down. And then he hits the note that ends defying gravity. And then my head was just so hung up on that. And I kept thinking, so did they have to pay another musical? Just add those notes into the song? Because That's as soon as I heard it, I could hear Adina Menzel singing it. It's it's note for note. So I would imagine that that might have been part of the costs as well. You know what's interesting is that's a good question because I think, I don't know, I know that fair use has this weird gray area, but if it's a specific note, I think they probably had to pay the licensing for that. Okay, because, again, I'm going to mention Moulin Rouge. The whole point of Moulin Rouge as a movie is it's a jukebox musical, right? Boz Lerman takes songs that we all know from pop culture, changes them up. Uh, Roxanne by the Police turns into the best tango love revenge song ever. Um, But, you know, for the musical, they had to go all out for it and they had to get as many songs as possible. The thing is, they have to pay every single writer every time they use any of those songs in the show and they have to get every single writer's permission. I guess they wanted to use Uptown Funk They went through every single writer. Bruno Mars was fine with it. And there was one person who said no. So then that means they can't use it. Oh, jeez. So knowing that about Moulin Rouge, I'm curious to know how it applied for Wicked. Probably had to pay a lot of money. Probably had to pay a lot of money. A lot of money because Wicked is an actually successful musical. Right, and is getting turned into a movie. Two movies, apparently. Two movies? Two movies? Two movies. Is the Amazon maybe voice? Amazon maybe? Maybe. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I, I don't know. And I, I think also with the costumes for the characters and, like, for the, the quote-unquote freaks, um... And the main characters, I feel like they were also just taking it way too hard. I didn't need Donkey to have these weird hooves. Yeah, he had weird hoof hands. The hooves really freaked me out. They were weird. And, you know, the only costume that I think I genuinely liked, I did like Fiona's outfits. I liked that she had the wedding scrunchie, which is very authentic to the movie. Um... But I did love Lord Farquaad's outfit. Yeah. I, I bless Christopher Sieber for doing an entire musical on his knees. And then <laughs> when he does his song, What's Up, Duloc, 
and he pretends to be jumping over the mannequins and he's just standing. I was like, well, this I want more of. This that is the sort funny. of ridiculousness that I, I love. Um, yeah. But that's it. It, it's, it was having fun with itself and just, it, it, you have to acknowledge these things. It needed more of yeah. that. It, yeah. It, yeah, just, but like, I got an issue with the continuity because the fairy godmother mm-hmm. is one of the freaks yes. and she gets her own song. Yes. But she's the villain of the second movie. Yes. And she what has a the... great pop song in the second movie. Yeah, what the, like the second movie was out by this time. Yes. It's not like they wrote the musical first and didn't realize they were going to do this. And they put Puss in Boots in it. Yes. Which was weird. It was a yeah. weird time to bring in Puss in Boots. And I think that wasn't there like something where they were trying to parody or mock the Lion King musical? Oh, they yeah, did that was another reference. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like that. No. I needed more of it, but not like that. It, it it needed to be more like I'm contradicting my own theory, but <sighs> the Lion King was a weird choice. Well, no, because it, it's it's poking fun at a theatrical, like a very niche, like theater thing. Not right. so much. It's not making fun of itself or its place in pop culture. Like it's not in like it almost the musical felt like it was all trying so hard to distance the name Shrek from its pop culture like stigma. Mm-hmm. But it that that is Shrek. Like, like I'm trying to think. Like, okay, so the Evil Dead musical, because mm-hmm. that's the thing I can fall back on the reference, parodies and mocks itself a lot. Like, like I don't know if we, when we watched because we watched the the video version online, mm-hmm. but I remember being in the actual state, you know, theater watching the Evil Dead musical and one of like just little bits here and there that are mocking and making fun of itself, like. Mm-hmm. The, like they see the moon and there's a giant square like the night sky is like a, to- a different color black from the outline mm-hmm. of the moon and it's just mm-hmm. like that is like them mocking the bad set design of the original movie and i'm like that's that's a good joke like mocking itself like perfect yeah and then also they used the set to sell like the original comedy of the movie and used it to their advantage. I think with Shrek, they sort of created a problem for themselves by trying to take the set as seriously as possible. Yes, it's it too seems, serious. Right. It seems to me they had a huge issue with how do we take this property, use the references we need from it to make people recognize it and think, oh, I want to see that, but also elevate it but also keep it for kids. Yeah. I don't think they knew what direction to go in. No. Because they would try to be really serious, and then I've Got You Beat ends with a whole farting burp scene. And I I love to burp. I'm a sea monster that loves to burp. <laughs> but this was a moment where I thought, like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah. That's where the connection between the two of them, I just couldn't see it. Uh, no. What? How? Why? Even? <sighs> this fucking... I remember, I and I felt bad. 
and we were mm-hmm. watching it, and it took me 15 minutes in to be like, I hate this. Mm-hmm. And I texted I think you, I was like, two minutes in. <laughs> I was like, I hate this. Yeah, yeah. No, it's bad. It's really bad. I also am not used to seeing musicals I don't like. Um... Normally, even the musicals that I'm not crazy about, like, I get why Phantom of the Opera is so huge, even though it's not my thing. I will even give the parents of our generation cats. I will give it to them. (laughs) Andrew Lloyd Webber was probably on a shit ton of cocaine when he came up with it. But I, I understand there's a nugget of value to it. Yeah. This in American Psycho, it's just like, and we never needed that again. No. You know, it's weird. So I, I kept thinking, because I, I know in the past I've talked about it, but there's that <laughs> that video online called Shrek Retold, and it's this retelling of the entire original movie, but done mm-hmm. with like like 300 different animators. So right. like every couple seconds is a different animated scene. Mm-hmm. And that... It's funny because it's a whole unique original experience. Like watching this animated thing is not going to replace the movie Shrek, but right. it 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 captures all the moments that make Shrek. Like there's that I I will insert it here, but there's a moment in that animation that I love. It's a beautifully animated scene, but it's when Shrek sees all these fairy tale creatures in his swamp. And he mm. yells, and it's like whoever the animator is must have gotten his son or younger brother to do it. But there's this mm. young kid with this powerful voice just going like, "What are you doing in my in swamp? My swamp? <laughs> what are you doing in my swamp?" <gasps> and then the musical, they miss that beat. It's just kind of like. There's he just no roars, yeah. yeah, and then they do like a ooh look. This is Broadway. We can add sound to this to make it big and ominous, but it actually does the exact opposite. It feels tactless, yeah, and like it's trying too hard. It's and it's I mean, trying to yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was saying like it's taking itself so seriously that it's not allowing it to indulge in the goofiness. Like, we remember that scene for, like, that scene in the original Shrek, especially since we were kids when we saw that, that scene made us laugh. It was funny. Like, there's this overwhelming sensation of all these fairy tale creatures in Shrek's swamp, and Shrek really hates that. So, his, yeah, it's funny. Every kid gets a little bit excited when somebody's mad about something, depending on the context, because. You know, when you're a kid, the whole point is that you push limits. You see what you can get away with. You see what you can't. That builds your context of the world around you. So seeing Shrek get angry is just hilarious. It's funny. So they kind of take that away in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure also people who come back to listen to this episode are like, well, what did you expect watching the Shrek the musical? But you know what? We, this is what we do. We analyze pop culture, good and bad, so you don't have to. And this was just a weird one. This was a Shrek property that we had to, you know, we had to look at and analyze it. I was genuinely hoping I was going to come out of this and actually think, you know what, that was actually pretty fun. And literally, any time I started to think that, 
Then it would do something fucking stupid that I just thought, I never need to see this again. Nobody no. needs to see this. We should probably get to the Shrek costume. Okay, let's talk about Shrek's costume. Where do we begin? He's green. Right. He's he is green. Green. He has... It, it's his face. It's the face. It's definitely the face. Because his face is too small for the Shrek head they gave him. Yes, yes, that's totally it. I think I would have preferred it if you could see Brian Darcy James's head. Mm-hmm. And just... I don't know, give him some alphaba green stuff. Oh shit, there were two musicals with green protagonists. This and Wicked? Yeah. They could have done it like Wicked, where it's just like you see his face and you know it's him. And he's green. And then he has the little ogre ears, you know? Yeah, his face is weird. It's weird. It looks like... It's not just a prosthetic nose, which I think is why Sutton Foster's transformation isn't as off-putting. Yeah. It's because for him, it looks like it's an entire headpiece. Like, it looks like the head is just one entire piece. And then the hands. They're not real. Oh, God, the hands. They're not his real hands. They're so not his real hands. He's just sort of this weird plastic man. He's <laughs> not even an ogre. No. It's weird. It's it's more like a, a villain in Twilight Zone or a weird villain from the early 2000s Doctor Who than it is, oh, this is a person playing Shrek on Broadway. Oh, fuck, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's an automaton. Oh my god. <laughs> I just think, okay, for example, Wicked, Alphaba and Wicked, The Lion King, I'll even throw in cats, which terrifies me, just yeah. as a whole. They are pretending to be other things with the concept of still showing their human aspects. Mm-hmm. I think I would have preferred that over this weird plastic looking helmet. Yeah, that's that he what it felt on. like. It didn't yeah. work. It just was weird looking. It it also takes away from the comedy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he he's a good performer. He could have sold the bombastic nature of Shrek without all that. He also looked extremely uncomfortable and it looked very restrictive for him. Like he doesn't really have a neck in it. No. And also, in general, Shrek's head is much bigger. Like, just based on the form that they gave him, they made his head look very small. So the whole thing looked off as a character, and then it just looked like he couldn't really move. And Brian Darcy James uh, Jones... Oh my gosh, I've said this name multiple <laughs> times today, and I can't get it right for Nick, right now for some reason. It's all good, don't worry. Um, But he... He is a very um, character-based actor, and he loves doing like these sort of like ridiculous. I would almost say like Jim Carrey esque, but musical version, um, like features and movements. And you know, when he started as King George the Third for the Hamiltons' early runs, that's what people loved him for. Is the like 
silly, ridiculous characteristicness of his tone. And I think when you put him in that suit, you are just instantly minimizing all of it. It's Brian Darcy James. Don't know why I suddenly thought it was Jones. <laughs> it happens. It happens. But You're fine. yeah, when you take a very physical actor like that and then just cover them in all this restrictive stuff, it's impossible to get the full range of their skills. Yeah. Unless you're Jim Carrey in The Grinch, which I love, but some people don't love. It is. I, I enjoy it, but it is weird. It is creepy, but it, it works. Weird. It's another green creature. It works. It works significantly better than fucking Cat in the Hat. Ew. No. <laughs> it works so much no. better than Cat in the Hat. Ew. Which I think also had a very similar advertisement when it was on Broadway as well, where it was like, we're advertising that this is a property on Broadway but we're not showing you anything about it because we're genuinely afraid you'll find it creepy. <laughs> like, the image was just, like, the cat's arm with the hat coming out of a manhole, which is creepy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that this podcast episode has taken a range of green villain-to-hero stories. <laughs> we got Shrek, we got Elphaba, and we got the Grinch in there too. Yeah. And then also Cat Cat in the Hat, but I would argue that he stays a villain throughout the whole story. Yeah, that that's just that's one of the creepiest designs. Yeah, that guy's Jeez. just a dick in the movie. Fucking Cat in the Hat. <laughs> oh my god. Well, is there is anything the else you wanted to touch on with this musical? Maybe the gingerbread man real quick okay let's talk the gingerbread man it was weird and stupid yes all right that's my take on it (laughs) i'm good (laughs) what was your take on the gingerbread man just it was like i think at that point i zoned down just like whatever it's it's fucking video gingerbread man this is the hell i'm living through right now hey google stop sorry google wanted to let me know something it wouldn't be a classic Remember the Odds episode if your Google didn't interrupt our recording session. That's fair. Let me ask, Hey, Google. Yeah. What's your thoughts on Shrek the Musical? That seems like an interesting topic. What Wrong. What do you want to know about Shrek? No, Don't the ask. musical. Nothing. Sorry, I don't understand. Okay, Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Yeah, I'm leaving it in there. I'm leaving it in. Totally. But yeah, I think that's everything. I mean, if you're a diehard Sutton Foster fan, it's worth watching for her. But man, she is working her ass off. And I just kept thinking, like, Hugh Jackman wanted to tap dance with you, and now you're, and in this you're dancing with rats. I know that like this musical has its fans, and God bless them. I don't know. I don't know if they're fans of the like. I I I don't know who this is for because it's not for people who love Shrek. Right, right. I it, think it, it, 
it's a good musical for a middle school to produce. There are high schools and middle schools that put on this show. Right. But even then, I feel like the kids are already like, this is fucking stupid. Like, I'm not a kid anymore. I feel like it'd be funnier to see kids do it because I feel like kids wouldn't have that self-seriousness and would just have fun with it. Right. And I think they're the only ones who could get a kick out of the burp and the fart scene. Now, as opposed to the Scooby-Doo fart scene, that scene I love. I think that's hilarious. Um, There is something about seeing Sutton Foster and Brian Darcy James just fart back and forth and burp on stage where I'm like, are are they enjoying this? Are they convincing (laughs) themselves they enjoy it? Or are they genuinely like, when am I ever going to do this again? This is fun. I just can't tell. Yeah. Mm. Can get the vibe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Well, that was our discussion of Shrek the musical. Would we recommend it? No. 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 Does does it hold up? No. No. I don't know if it held up then either based on the ratings. Uh, Probably not. No. Um... It's it's not good enough to be a surprising gem, and it's not bad enough to be a guilty pleasure watch. Yeah, because that, that was something I was hoping. I thought it would be funny weird. Right, because when I watched The Evil Dead for our Evil Dead episode, I was laughing so hard. I was thinking, wow, this is amazing. I had no idea. When you went to go see it in high school, I didn't really think anything of it. It was just, okay, that's a thing that exists, and Tom's going to go see it. But it was amazing. It was, like, such a hidden gem. This is not. This is not that no. at all. Mm-mm. This is a not-hidden piece of coal. No. Yeah. <sighs> well, Tom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We could also bring back one of the other bits that we used to do. Yeah. What has been your weekly obsession? Community. Or I guess... Okay, yeah, yeah, your community. I was going to say, I guess, more like our six-month obsession. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if six-month obsession has been boxing and karaoke. Right, that's good. Those are good six-month obsessions. And lately, I've just been re-watching community. It was weirdly timed. I watched the Music Glee episode not long before I watched Shrek the Musical. (laughs) And it's just like how well one satirical meta like mm-hmm. property could do it and how poorly another one can you know what I, okay i do have a couple more things to say i'm sorry i was gonna Go say it earlier it. and i forgot speaking of like the self-awareness i think at the end of the musical when he thinks that fiona has said some really hurtful things about him he sings build a wall And I think they tried to use it as a song to say, like, oh, look, he thinks he needs to reinforce the ideals that have been put upon him as an ogre. I think that that should have been his introduction song. I think Build a Wall should have been his introduction song. And then they do this song called Make a Move when Donkey realizes that Fiona is kind of into him. I don't like the context of Make a Move because it kind of implies that whole, like, you can use the sunset. It's romantic. Chicks dig sunsets. Just place a smoochy smooch on her. Like, it was very much like Kiss the Girl from The Little Mermaid. Yes. 
But an original, one of the original versions that they had planned for that song was called Let Her In. And I think that would have been much better. That would have added more to the sense of vulnerability. Make a move kind of goes more with the idea that like women like it when men make a move and there's <laughs> no conversation had. Where Let Her In is more about like the internal vulnerability that Shrek needed to learn throughout the story. So that's that's my final thing. I think Build a Wall should have been his introduction song, not his um, I'm going to be what everyone thinks I'm going to be song. And they should have kept the title of the romantic song as Let Her In. Yeah, I agree. That makes yeah. a lot more sense. Right, right, exactly. Um, that, that was my final comment after the gingerbread man. No, that's totally fair. And I, I just... Uh, <laughs> I hated this. This podcast reviewed this musical as... Uh, I hated it. Well, what was your... What's been your weekly and six-month obsession? Okay. Um, six-month obsession. Mental health. Good. And self-actualization. Mm. It's important. It's good for you. Oh, agreed. My weekly obsession has not necessarily been the music of this musician. I, I do like the music, but I heard her talk. She was interviewed on the Try Guys uh, podcast. Her name is Yola. Okay. And she is a black British musician who takes from all kinds of genres. She calls herself genre fluid. Her name is Yola. Y-O-L-A. Yola. And she was interviewed on this podcast and you know, they asked her like how she got her start. And she mentioned just dealing with like hurdle after hurdle after hurdle and how every time she was met with like a new struggle in her life she would just come up with a new answer for it. Like, oh, the band I was in that was starting to do well broke, fell apart, so I learned how to play guitar. I picked up a new instrument so I could get a new arrow in my quiver. And oh, I think okay. that that was actually really helpful for me in where I am in my life. Like, suddenly I realized, like, oh, I can just keep doing things and keep trying. Um, Amen. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I really liked listening to her talk about it. Um and just sort of like her natural response to just keep moving. Not just like, oh my God, I can't believe this thing happened to me, which I'm sure she felt, but just the response to immediately like learn something new, do something else, to keep moving and not give up. I really enjoyed that. So Amen. she's really that cool. Sounds, that's, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. She's fucking awesome. So. All right. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Should I do the wrap up here? Do the wrap-up, Tom. Do the wrap-up. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us back. We're back. We're back. And just wait to see some more episodes come more out. We're episodes. working on it. We promise. We're doing it. Doing the work. It's coming back. Be sure to follow us on the Instagram at Remember the Zero Zero S Podcast. You can find us where most podcasts are found on the Bam. on the YouTube and Bam. the Google and the iTunes. Bam. Amazon? <laughs> and yeah, so thank you guys. Happy Pride Month as well. This will be out. Actually, this might come out after. Yeah. What the fuck am I thinking? 
Pride Month is every month that you're proud to be you. Yes, be proud. Be proud. And, be proud uh, past the Gaps rainbow shirts. Yes. Yeah. Should I should I end this episode on a goofy moment from the musical or the or the or the or Annie's sex uh, Annie's Christmas song? Annie's sex Christmas song. Yeah, I'm gonna end it on Annie's sex Christmas song. Good. All right, everyone. See you later. Bye. Where does the stocking go? Here? I can't see. What's the Christmas Eve? Is that Santa's lady? Are snowmen cold or hot? Won't you be my daddy? I'm a silly Christmas baby. Tell me what to deck. <laughs> Cause I forgot. Annie. Wayne Hoodie Understandy Christmas. Mistletoe for Edie taste good? Oh, you smarty, me dumb, help witty, have fun! Boopy doopy doop, boop sex. Look, eventually you hit a point of diminishing returns on the sexiness.